Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Amen. And, and I, really, I really think that's the, the greatest, um, at least my greatest prayer for you is that you would just know God and that you would experience God and, and you would know that he's real and he loves you but that you would experience him in a tangible, personal, and powerful way. That's, that's the purpose of this, of this series. Um, but we've been learning about an open heaven, learning how to unlock the unlimited resources, by the way, available to us from heaven, learning how to access heaven and bring it right to this earth. Amen? Jesus taught his disciples to pray that way. He, he said, hey, they said, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he said, well, pray this way. Pray for an open heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? You get that? Or in, what it means is or in direct proportion to heaven, which is crazy. Like if you could imagine what's happening in heaven, God says, I want to bring that right down to this earth. I love that about God. See, prayer is critical. So here's the question for all of us as we've been talking about prayer quite a bit. Are you praying? And are you praying for an open heaven? There are a few things that hinder prayer, I found out. One is this, we have not because we ask not. In other words, we don't have because we don't pray, right? That's it, we, we just don't have because we don't pray. So, so listen, it's, it's pretty simple. Start praying, keep on praying because God wants to deliver an open heaven in your life. He wants to show up in that powerful way that you know this is God. To deliver a life-changing experience from heaven. See, we may be limited in the natural down here. I mean, we're, we're, we're navigating through this season. We may be limited in the natural to some degree, but God isn't. We may be constrained to some degree, but God isn't. God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and he's waiting for our prayer to open up heaven over our lives. So Jesus not only teaches us to pray for an open heaven, he gives us the keys to access it whenever we want to. And I believe these heavenly keys are, are the, the keys that give us that access to, to bring heaven to this earth. Here's that key verse, pun intended, Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He's just saying, I'm gonna hand, I've got a whole bunch of keys and if you just grabbed one of them and if you believed it and you put action to it, I promise you, heaven's going to open up in your life. That's what he's saying here. All authority to his disciples. So the answer to an open heaven is found in the keys. Keys called righteous, his righteousness, your brokenness, your boldness, his truth, his power, your authority. These things we've gone through, you can go back and listen to those messages. These are just a few keys that open heaven. Here's that, that third heaven picture. We can show it for a moment. That, that, that picture that we have of the three heavens. And I, I uh, see, and this is kind of the way I see it. Now, you can, you can look at it differently if you want, but I just kind of like compartmentalized it here. Is that that's the third heaven up there that we've been talking about? Just imagine that's where God's throne is. That, that's, that, that, that's where light and hope live. And then there's this earth down here. It's great. We love it. We love northern Michigan. We, we, love, we love living where we're at, wherever you're at. It's beautiful. Um, but then there's this, this middle ground here where the Bible says it's where the enemy has limited authority to. He says he's the ruler of the airway. So I wanted you to see that, that there's something that might hinder us on this earth. And it's always the enemy. Always the enemy. The third heaven is where we're called to live from, my friends, because we are currently right now citizens in third heaven. That's what the Bible says, right? We're citizens. But here's the truth. I believe the greatest struggle for a Christian is that we're trying so hard in this first realm to get to a place where we already live. We already live in that realm up there. We already live in the third heaven. That's what the Bible says. You guys getting that right? Okay, that's where we live. That, that's where God says we're, we're to live from. We already live there. But we try so hard to get there when God has given us very simple keys to unlock it. Right? Very simple keys. See, the truth is that place declares this. Christ has already set us free. 
He has already defeated the enemy. He has already forgiven us. It is finished. We are to live from that place where Jesus declares, it is finished. Come on. I'll get you going here today. See, you can stay in this earthly realm if you want. It's beautiful. You, you, you can look at what happens only on this earthly realm. You can keep your eyes fixed on a pandemic where fear lives. Or you can come up higher and fix your eyes on paradise where faith lives and begin to walk in freedom, in love, joy, and peace. See, the, the truth is we can stay down here and we'll get down here results. Down here results. I, I pray you open up your heart and your mind saying you hear this. If we stay down here, we get down here results. True? Right? But if we go up there, remember, we're citizens in heaven. This is where we live. That's where we live. Right? We, th that's what the Bible says. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, if we begin to live up there, get the right perspective, then we can get heaven results. It makes, it's pretty simple, right? Right? So let's keep learning how to live from heaven today, that third heaven. Amen? I want to show you something powerful regarding an open heaven. This is Paul's third heaven experience. Remember, we kind of, this all kind of came about when we, when we began to talk about, well, what, what's, what's, what's the third heaven? Well, there must be one and two, and that's kind of how we came up with this. Is the third heaven is where paradise is. The second heaven is, the second realm is where the enemy has his, his limited authority. And this is where we live right here in this earth. First realm. So Paul has this experience in 2 Corinthians 12, 1 and 2. Although it may not accomplish a thing, this is Paul speaking, I need to move on and boast about uh, some supernatural visions and revelations of the Lord. Someone I'm acquainted with who is in union with Christ. Now he's talking about himself. He says, I uh, was swept away 14 years ago in, in an ecstatic experience. He was taken into the third heaven, but I'm not sure, it was in, I'm not sure if he was in his body or out of his body. So Paul is explaining this, this about himself. Speaking in third person, but he's, this is about him. Only God knows. And, and I know that this man, again, I'm not sure if, if he was in his body or taken out of his body. God knows. But he was caught up in an ecstatic experience and brought into paradise where he overheard many wondrous and inexpressible secrets that were so sacred that no mortal is permitted to repeat them. You hear that? He goes, I'm ready to boast about of such an experience, but for my own good, I refuse to boast it unless uh, it concerns my weaknesses. Now, he, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going somewhere. He's talking about having a third heaven experience. However, if I were to boast, it wouldn't be ridiculous at all, for I would be speaking the truth. Yet I'll refrain lest others think higher of me than what I demonstrate. So he's saying, he's saying listen, I'm, I've had this experience. I'm going to tell you about it, but I don't boast about it. That's what he's saying. Now here's the key. This extraordinary level of, of, of the revelations I've received is no reason for anyone to exalt me. There he is. He, he, was, he, he was the guy that was there. For this is why a thorn in my flesh was given to me. The adversary's messenger sent to harass me, keeping me from being arrogant. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this, but he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you, Paul, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses, for I'm, when I'm weak, I, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I, when I feel my weakness and endure my mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Now, th there's a lot there, but, but what, what I'm showing you is this. Paul had an open heaven experience, right? 
Like he's saying, I went to heaven. I don't know if I was in my body. Or like, like he's saying that. I went to heaven. He really did. But I believe Paul learned to live under the third heaven. I believe, he, I, believe, I believe he learned to live under that heaven. He learned that he was a citizen of heaven. And somehow he was able to navigate through life's difficulties living under that heaven. Because he went through so many difficulties in life. He was imprisoned, beaten, stoned, flogged, shipwrecked, bitten by a deadly stake, chased by mean people. He was harassed. But he lived in the presence of God. He enjoyed the benefits of heaven right here on earth because God gave him victory through it all. Even though he went through a series of trials and troubles from the enemy. So he, here's just one little verse that describes a word, and this is where we want to go. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. <clears throat> one of the things you want to stay away from in life is pride. Sitting here in this service thinking, you know better, or I know better. That's it. God knows, Right? So, so what, what I'm saying is, is that Paul was like, Paul had this, this thing that was attacking him. He knew that if, if he would, if, 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 if he wasn't, had the, the right amount of pressure in life, that he could easily kind of fall into his own pride. But, say buffet. The messenger of Satan was there to buffet him. with lies. The word buffet means to punch. Punch. So Satan would come and he would, he would punch. Now he's not literally punching him, right? It's a spiritual thing. I believe he was attacked in his mind with thoughts and words and accusations and fear of the enemy. I'm telling you right now, that's what was happening. Harassed. Harassed around his mind. You ever felt that way? Have you ever been just harassed by the enemy with your thought, with thoughts, accusations? Anybody here? Come on. If, you, if you've never lived, if you've never been harassed by an enemy, by thoughts that are causing your mind to go in places that God never wanted it to go. But he was buffeted. He was buffeted. Matter of fact, let me just say this about mental illness or mental uh, disease or mental disorder. <clears throat> The word disease is really just dis-ease. Dis-ease. It means that, do you know that Jesus wants it to be easy for you and I? My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Do you know that the enemy wants it to be very, very hard and difficult for you? He wants to overwhelm you and he wants to overburden you. Do you know that's how he works, right? He tries to put things on you that are so heavy that you can't even function in life. Do you, know what, do you know what mental dis-ease is? That means that God says, God says listen, I, I, don't, I don't want it to be so hard for you in life. So the enemy comes along, and, 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 and what happens is people go through traumatic experiences. They go through a series of unfortunate events. Some, somebody passes away. You might lose your job. Um, you might go through financial difficulties. And, and those in succession create layers that are too overwhelming for a person to handle. Layers of, of it's complexity is what it is. Matter of fact, if you were to ask anybody in the psychology field, they're going to tell you that, that it's very rare for something just to pop up on its own. Almost always, it's a series of events, a series of overwhelming experiences, a series of thorns that keep coming and buffeting over and over again, and they don't know how to deal with it, and that thorn takes over. That's, that's really what mental disorder, everything's out of order, chaotic. You ever been there? I've been there. You ever been there? All of a sudden you're like overwhelmed in life. You've got so many things attacking you at once. And if we're not careful, it can be so complex that you're thinking, I can't get out of it. I, I can't get out of this. That's how the enemy works. He tries to create heavy burdens in the mind. Paul was harassed in this way by the enemy like we all are. Paul was constantly reminded of his past and what he did. That's, that's, that, that's, the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. You, you ever just felt attacked by the enemy of accusations? Come on. 
Anybody here today? That's what the enemy does from that second realm. From that, see, remember, he's the ruler of the airways. That's how he works, my friends. So Paul, I think this is interesting. Paul says, I went to heaven. I saw heaven. I saw the third heaven. And then he goes right into talking about spiritual warfare. <clears throat> He's here again. He talks about his third heaven, and he goes right into talking about how the enemy works. That's significant. <clears throat> See, the truth is, is that Paul had the thorn around him, but he did not let the thorn in him. I believe the heaven experience was so profound for Paul that he realized, I can't let this thorn in. I cannot let this thorn in. The thorn is buffeting me. Here comes Satan again, just to remind me of my past. But I cannot, I cannot, I will not let this thorn in me. Because he knew what third heaven was like. See, unfortunately, there is an evil messenger who will be around you, but his message does not have to get in you. Unfortunately, there's temptation all around you, but it does not have to live in you. And here's how you know you've, if you've gotten a thorn in you. By the way, if you've ever been pricked by a thorn, it, you, the first thing you say is, ouch! Right? Because thorns hurt. But here's the fruit of the thorn in you. Frustration, anger, bitterness, walled up heart, closed off, critical towards self and others, worried, fearful. These are just a few results of the thorn. It's how we know the thorn is within. If I start living with fear, living with, with this constant frustration. Come on, is anybody here today? That, we, we, this, we should all be understanding that that's how it works. So the enemy has this plan to come to harass us, to distract us and deceive us by buffeting us. Let me just show you this. Emily, come on up for a minute. <clears throat> I know you're taking some notes. <clears throat> Let me just show you how this works, give you a picture of this. I, listen, I told you my dream that I had. I told you the dream that I had about this message series. I, 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 I said, I had a dream before I even preached this message series, and it was, I was getting ready to preach it, and I knew God wanted me to do it, and it was called Open Heaven, and I saw myself in the dream. There's all these people getting ready, and all of a sudden, as I'm about to preach, the wind blew, and the wind blew the microphone off, and I caught it, and, and I put it back on. I said, man, oh man, that was crazy, so I put it back on, and all of a sudden, as I'm about to preach again, the radio started, the, a radio in front of me just started uh, playing, you know, and, and that was happening. I was like, man, what is going on here? So I turned the radio off. And all of a sudden, as I'm about to preach again, a young person comes by. They try to grab the mic from me. And I said, hello. Push them away. And we, we, we came. Those are three things that try to distract me from this message series. Number one, it's the wind of this pandemic that's flowing through. It's the fear of it. Number two, it is the, um, it is the media, the news. Number three, it's spiritual immaturity. And that means that I cannot, I, I can't, Anybody listening to this message, I hope you hear it. I hope you get it. Because I believe it can change your life when you get it. So I say that to say, I'm going to show you something right now and how, how, how the enemy works. The enemy comes to buffet us. He needs to punch. And so here I am doing my thing, following God, praying. I'm not perfect, but I'm praying. I'm, I'm seeking God. I'm trying to do the best thing. And, and all of a sudden... What in the world? Ah, you know, whispering in my ear, trying to get me off track, trying to distract me. <laughs> she's been waiting to do this her whole life. <laughs> she's letting out her aggression. No, but, but she's, she's, listen, she's trying to get me off track. She's trying to push me, right? Trying to push me. 
Megan, you know how this is in basketball. When I, Megan is, is an incredible basketball player. She knows how this is that the team will try to push her around, try to get in her head because she's a, she's a, she's a star player. She, they'll want to intimidate her. She knows that. That's exact, that's, a, that's a sports tactic. And if she's not careful, even though the thorn's around her, she can't let the thorn in her. She's got to stay focused. She's got to make sure she does her job, right? She knows that. Anybody who's played sports know that. Try to get in your head. That's what the enemy does. So I'm trying to, I'm just trying to do the thing. I'm trying to preach this message. And, and here comes the enemy pushing me, pushing me, buffeting me. Now, not forever. The, the, the enemy will, will move away. And I'm like, man, oh, man. That was, that was an attack of the enemy. You ever felt that way? That was an attack. What's going on there? Now, if we're not careful, the buffet comes and we just get tired of it. And... Guess what we do? We start engaging a conversation. We start even agreeing with the enemy. Maybe the enemy says, you know what? It's not going to work out. That's right. You're, you're going to fear. Uh, you might as well just fear forever. Future's not going to be bright for you. Blah, 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 blah. And if we're not careful, he'll try to get us in a conversation of pride, fear, and shame. That's what happens every time. And if I face him and I engage in conversation, you know what's going to happen? Well, I'm, all of a sudden, the enemy's going to come back for an opportune time. And this is exactly what happens, my friends. Next thing you know, you're like, oh, I guess the enemy's gone. Whew, that was a weird conversation. And boom, just like that. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Just like that. And you know what? I'm glad it's Emily because... Number one, we're, we're still, we're, we're, we're married, we're, we, can, we can do this during COVID. But you know what happens? We carry this thing around wherever we go. Come on, we carry this thing around wherever we go. We carry this thing around wherever, we carry the enemy. We not only carry the enemy, we sleep with the enemy. We carry the enemy, we carry him. Come on, you guys. And sooner or later, this smile that was on my face ain't going to be a smile anymore. Because I'm overburdened, I'm carrying something I shouldn't be carrying, all coming from the enemy. And until I say, wait a minute, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you, enemy. I rebuke you. In Jesus, I'm faultless and blameless. I am free. I am loved by God. I start changing. There she goes. <laughs> now, she does come out of an angel of light. I'm sorry. No. See, please understand this. There are so many people living under the authority of a second heaven, limited uh, authority from an enemy. We've all been there. We've had weeks and months we've been down. And there's no frown. There's just no life. I'm telling you, that's exactly how the enemy works. He buffets you. He accuses you. He says things to you. Next thing you know, if we engage in the conversation, he comes in an opportunity and jumps right on us. And if you've ever been there, it's time to get free. The Bible tells us how to do that. Submit to God. Submit to the heavenly authority. Submit to the third heaven authority where Christ lives. Resist the enemy. Don't engage in conversation with the enemy. Resist the enemy and the enemy will flee just like that. See, he may buffet you for a moment, but he will flee in a short time if you get under the third heaven. Don't let the enemy buffet you and defeat you. Don't let the buffet bring you down. Don't let the buffet distract you. Shake it off. Press into the throne. Because if you want to remove the thorn, you got to get to the throne. That's the only way it works. If you want to remove the thorn from within, you got to get to the throne room. See, Paul was preaching from the third heaven, my friends. Because even though the thorn was around him, he did not let it get in him or didn't stay on him. It probably never even got on him, by the way. So it's possible. And then he writes stuff like this in Galatians 5.1. Let me be clear. 
The anointed one has set us free. Not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly, look at, and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. I'm not going to let the enemy just do whatever he wants to do. I've been in that place. It is no fun. Right? We've all been there. Paul was free because I believe that heavenly experience he had, that open heaven, really changed his life. It changed his life. That's why, that's why, listen, that's why, if you hear anything, please pray for an open heaven in your life. Please pray for that. Please pray for an open heaven. He would say, go to the throne and get rid of the thorn. Go to the throne and get rid of the thorn. See, the, the thorn, <laughs> he, the enemy, is always going to be around until one day when he's locked up for good. Just know that. But again, he doesn't have, you don't have to let him in. You don't have to let him in. But what I've noticed about, about this, I've noticed this. Sometimes, even many times, in order for your heaven to open, we got to get to the end of our rope. You ever notice that? It's like, <laughs> finally get to the end of our rope. Seems like God shows up in my life when I finally got to the end of myself and my rope. Right? That's so key. Matter of fact, Paul's name is a play on words. Paul was his name given by Jesus, but his name was Saul before Paul, right? Saul means to demand, take by force. I'm going to demand and take by force. And all of a sudden, he has this Damascus experience this, where God knocks him off his high horse. And all of a sudden, God changes his name to Paul, which means to come to an end. I think that's so awesome. Paul, you were demanding and forceful. All of a sudden, you got saved. And now your name means little or to come to an end. He came to the end of his rope. He let bitterness go and shame go and fear go and pride go. So what do I do, Pastor Dan, as we finish? Well, let me take a few moments to remove the barrier to your open heaven. Matter of fact, you could subtitle this message today. Just for a couple minutes, I'm going to talk to you. What is blocking your blessing? What's blocking your heaven? Wouldn't you want to know? Sometimes, many times, it's a lie from the enemy that blocks your blessing. It's, just, it's a lie. If not all the time. It's a lie that blocks the enemy from our blessing. Or, or blocks the blessing from, our enemy does that. Amen? It's what blocks the blessing. He will lie to you, he'll convince you, try to get you engaged in a conversation, and next thing you know he's on your back. And he tells you, you can't have access to the God-given freedom and blessings God has for you. That's what he says. As many of you know, I went to U of M. A few years ago, I revisited my old stomping grounds with a friend. And we wanted to see the new practice field they had. It was, it was, I heard it was amazing. And, but you can't get in there because you have to really be part of the coaching staff. And so as we approached, we noticed a guard at the entrance. And my friend said, well, I guess we won't be getting in today. And all of a sudden, he said, there's no way we're getting past the guard. And all of a sudden, boldness rose up in me and said, I, I said, listen, I'm three hours away from home. I'm going to try to get in that place. So I turned back. I said, we're getting in. <laughs> he goes, man, I've <laughs> never seen you like this, Dan. I said, we're getting in. So I put my official looking Michigan hat on. I had a Michigan shirt on, drove up to the gate, looked at the guard with confidence. I, he must have thought we were part of the coaching staff. I just simply waved at him, and he waved us through. Ouch. He waved us through. <laughs> He waved us through. Look, you guys, what, 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 we were bold. We looked like we knew what we were doing and it worked. Here's my point. You are children of God. You are king's kids. You already sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen, we need to at least start acting the part. Showing the enemy that we know who we are and whose we are, that we mean business. See, the enemy may be telling you you can't have access into what God has already give, freely given you, but it's a lie. And that lie is blocking your blessing. So just go get the truth. Many times it's a lie that blocks the blessing. And here we will finish. But sometimes it's a thorn within that blocks the blessing. 
Come on, it's the thorn within that blocks the blessing. Let me ask you a question. Is there something blocking your blessing? Is there something hindering your open heaven? Let me show you one story in, in one little few verses. I'll show you what Jesus did from the master, Matthew 21, 12 through 13. Jesus went in the temple of God. He's about to go into church, finally does. He went into the temple of God, drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you've made a den of thieves. Jesus went in, drove out all of those who were keeping people from being blessed. Now, this is significant because he removed them all. Uh, I want to draw attention to the word repentance for a moment. You need to turn to God with all your heart and mind. Take your thoughts and turn them to God. Repentance is the key that opens heaven. Turn to God and you'll turn the key that opens heaven. Turn to God and you'll turn the key that opens heaven. Turn to God and you'll turn the key that opens heaven. Repent. Repent. Turn to God. Come on, that's it. It's so simple. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and turn, turn from their wicked ways and turn to God. Come on, this is it. Then God will hear from heaven and heal our land. You know where we're at right now in this message series? Repentance. That's what, right, right and, and maybe in life, like, I believe there's something incredible coming in the other. I believe something great is coming. I believe there's a harvest of people. I believe there are miracles, signs, and wonders coming in Jesus. I believe it with all my heart, you guys. I believe that our prayers that have been prayed over years are about to be answered in Jesus. And I believe it. I believe it. I believe. Don't you? But we got to press through. But we got to do one thing and just repent. If you want God to heal your marriage, if you want God to heal your land, your family, this city, their community, our nation, we must understand repentance. It is the key that opens heaven. But here's what I want to say. That story we just read, Jesus coming in. Let me say this about Jesus, about, about, about people that come in and make changes. And they don't, maybe they don't have the right personality, but they come in and make changes. That person's a lot like a Bible character. Because when, that, when Jesus comes in, he makes changes quickly. He removes things quickly, you guys. Because he loves us so much. He knows those things, those thorns within, if we leave them there, if they're not removed, they only hinder us and people. So he comes in and removes it because repentance requires removal. A removal of the thing that blocks us. Now remember, we're called temples of God. Our body is a little church. And there are times when the enemy creates a thorn within. And we got to let Jesus remove it. So if you want an open heaven, you'll need to let Jesus simply remove the internal corruption. That's what he did. That's a strong word, but he removed the internal corruption, the sin that lies beneath, the hidden sin, the thorn within, the thing that the enemy wants to hide. He is, the enemy is infiltrated on the inside. Hebrews 12, 1 says this, such a large crowd of witnesses is all around us. So we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that just won't let go. Do you hear that? Oh, I don't know if I believe that. See, that's how the enemy, that's how the enemy works. He comes and he goes, oh, don't believe that. That's not true, Dan. Don't, don't, don't believe that. Oh, you, you don't have to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Not all of you. Come on, just half. Oh, it's okay if you struggle with that sin forever. Just let it go. You're born that way. You're Italian. You're German. Just, just, just live, just, just live with it. That's how the enemy comes that way first. He comes in very nice, very kind, and he, and he says, oh, don't worry about it. And then as you give into it, he comes and just wreaks havoc in your life.
Get rid of it. Get rid of the common theme, the constant struggle. You know it, and so do others. Get rid of it. Remove it. You see, if we don't deal with it, it'll make its way out in plain view eventually because everything hidden will be made public when it's not confessed. But here's the part of the story you need to hear. Jesus removed the internal corruption, the thorn within, and look what happened in Matthew 21, 14, right after that. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Did you hear that? So many people wonder, why is, why is God not moving? Why, why, why is there no open heaven? I'm, not, I'm just saying, could it be that you're really believing a lie, or could it be that there's a thorn within? Could it be? Because God surely wants to bless you and he wants to bless the people around you. But we've got to be real about the internal corruption. Let Jesus remove the internal corruption. James says it this way in James 4, we're about done. What is the cause of your conflicts and quarrels with each other? Doesn't the battle begin inside of you as you fight to have your own way? And fulfill your own desires. You jealously want others, want what others have so you can begin to see yourself as better than others. You scheme with envy and harm others so to selfishly obtain what you crave. That's why you quarrel and fight. And all the time you don't obtain what you want because you won't ask God for it. Look at, I mean, I know this is not the message you wanted to hear today, but this is the message that will open up your heaven. I know this is the message. This is not your, your Sunday message, rah, 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 this, but this is the message that's going to open up heaven if you receive it, if you receive it. It's a simple fix, a simple confession, my friends. God forgive, God, forgive me. God, forgive me for allowing internal corruption. God, forgive me. To think that I know it all. God forgive me for, for, for allowing the enemy to come in and bring fear in my life to steer my life. Forgive me, God. Forgive me for, for allowing the, the words of shame that, 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 that the enemy used. And now, now they live inside. Now I just tell myself I'm not worthy. Now I tell myself I'm a loser. Forgive me, God. Forgive me for the internal corruption. The selfish desires, the corrupt motives. Lord, forgive me. See, your confession will lead to your progression. It'll make you move out and get, up, get, get you up to the third heaven. And your confession will destroy oppression from the second realm. Meg and Abigail are going to come up and just, uh, we, we did this song in staffing. I love it. I mean, that's a great song. Can we, can we do that at the end of this service? Can we, can we get to a place where we ask God to forgive us? Is that Okay. Can, can, can we get to a place, on, you're at home, I would love for you to confess and, and just ask God to forgive you. I would love for you to get to a place of repentance and a place on your knees where you say, God, forgive me. And, and, and Lord, examine my heart. Is there anything in me, God, that's corrupt? Is there anything in me, God, that doesn't please you? God, if there's anything in me, God, forgive me for the internal corruption. Forgive me for allowing the thorn. The thorn had been around me and all of a sudden I let the thorn in me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. It's really simple. It's actually a very simple fix. And I'm going to read you this portion of verse, and then we'll go into a time where you can just reflect. And you can, you can get on your knees if you want to. You can lift up your hands. But it's got to be your heart talking with God, saying, God, I realize there's something in me. I realize that that, 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 that enemy had been buffeting me for so long. And I allowed fear in, or I allowed bitterness in, or I allowed pride in, or I allowed shame, whatever it is. But listen, just give it to God. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. I said all, not some, all, un all that stuff can come out just like that. So David does something, we all know David's story, we all focus on that one story that he messed up, slept with a, a woman that was not his, or was his wife or somebody else's wife, and then he had, he had her husband killed. I mean, this is like, this is it, your, your life's over, David. 
So what David did is he, the thorn got in. The sin, the corruption was in David. King David, the man after God's own heart, it was in him. That's what gives us so much hope today, that it was in him. But the thing I love about David, he manned up. He owned it. But how did it happen? Well, all of a sudden, Nathan comes by one day, and David had, had this sin hiding in darkness. He said, I don't want to tell anybody, but yet people knew. I, I, I'm just going to hide it, and I'm going to sweep it under the rug. That's what he said. It'll just go away. No, it doesn't. It'll just disappear. No, it won't. Because it was eating David up inside. It was harming him, and it was beginning to harm the rest of the people around him. Nathan comes by and tells him a story and says, hey, Dave, I got to tell you a story. There was this guy, and, and he was a good guy, but there was another guy who stole from this good guy. And, and, and he was just mean and nasty, and he wanted to kill him. And he's, David's hearing the story, and, and David's like, let's go get that guy. Let's go get him. Let's go pay him back. Let's put him in prison. Let's make him suffer. And all of a sudden, Nathan says, you're that guy. David, you're that guy. You did it. You have internal corruption. You, 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 you just, you're living with it. I can see it. You know it. But this is your moment to get free. And this is what David does. This is how he responds. And this is why I am so passionate about this moment right here. Because I believe this is your moment for heaven to open up like never before. It was for David. Look at this. So he says, I'm going to do this. He could have walked away mad. How dare you? I'm a king. How dare you even, you know, he could have been prideful. And how dare you do this, Nathan? You're under me. I'm not, you're not, I'm not, you're not over me. You're under me. No, no, no. He's like, God's over you. And I got a story for you. And I don't care what you do. You can throw me in prison, David. I don't care what you do. But, but this is going to set you free. And here's what David did. All of a sudden, he confesses it. He tells us in Psalm 32, 1 through 5, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Do you hear that? Complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Sometimes I see people in... It's just the same thing over and over again. They're just, the depression sets in, the oppression sets in, the, 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 this, this demonic thing that, that the enemy tries to do sets in and you just say, but you can be free. But what's happening is, look at, when I refuse to, conf when I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. You know what that was? That was God saying, hey, I love you. Hey, hey, here's my hand. The enemy was punching him. God's hand was loving him. The enemy was trying to mess up. God said, no, I love you. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here, David. David, 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 David. Get free. Get free. So his hand was pressing him in a loving way. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. But look at this. Here's the answer. Finally, say finally. I confessed all my sins to you, my, my internal corruption, and stopped trying to hide my guilt. And I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord all, and you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. Did you hear that? Did you see how simple that was? It only took five verses five verses to set David free. And the realization is, hey dude, you got something inside that you're not letting go. And it's only going to hurt you and eventually it's going to spread to other people. Online, here today, can we just get a little down and dirty with God and say, listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As Megan and Abigail lead us in the song. This is how we're going to finish. Um, we're, we're, I'm just going to, I'm going to, all the prayers that maybe came in, I'm just going to pray over them right now. We're, we're just going to, we're just going to go through this moment as we get to about three or four minutes. When you're done, you can, you can go. But I would like you to do some examining right now of your heart. God wants us to, because God wants to bless you. Take a few moments. 
and just give your heart to God. God, forgive me. You bow your heads for a moment. Lord, I just pray in this moment, this, this few minutes that we're, that, that we're here, we end. God, that we would, we would come to you with honesty. We, we wouldn't come to you thinking that we, we just got it all together, but we would come to you with brokenness and honesty and say, God, if there's anything in my heart, I give it to you. Any internal corruption, anything right now that, that displeases you, God, would you please just take it from my heart? God, I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to live in freedom and joy. So I give to you, I give to you, I give to you, I give to you. I, I, I let you remove this thorn within right now. And I confess it in Jesus' name, amen. So take a few moments to just give to God anything that is blocking your blessing. really important thing to say to all of you this morning. He's very serious about this message series. Like, God is equipping you through this series of open heaven. He is equipping you for the coming years. There are things that God knows he has set in place and he wants you to be part of the harvest that's coming in. He wants you to take part in his harvest. Huge harvests are coming. And it is going to be a huge blessing to you and your family 
if you will be part of it. But you have to take this seriously because God is very serious about this. He's like, when you take this in, if you have to go back and watch and listen to the other messages, look up the scriptures, take it in and understand what he is saying, what he's teaching you, what God is teaching you through Dan. Because this open heaven, when you live there, then you can bring other people there. So that's how you get to be part of the harvest. So that's what God was saying to me this morning is just remind you that God is equipping you, but only if you will. So you have to, you have to receive it, okay? He's just very serious about it. It's an exciting, amazing time to be alive. And there is nothing God won't do through you and in your family if you believe him. And so um, he's not angry about it. He's happy about it. <laughs> he's excited about it. He's just telling you it's important. All right. Yeah, so let, let, let me just walk you through yeah, go ahead. prayer together. I know this is a little different. I know we have a lot of thoughts ringing our heads. And I really think that confession is very powerful. So I just want to walk you through prayer. Can we just, uh, can, can we just lift our hands to God for a moment and, and, and just an act of surrender and just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Lord, I want an open heaven. I want to experience all that you have for me, the love, the joy, the peace, your presence, everything I need from your unlimited resources. Today I ask God for you to examine my heart and create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. God, I wanna live for you and I wanna love you with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I wanna reach people for you I want to help people to get to know you. So God, today, take my life. I open up my heart to make room for you. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Hey, all right. Woo. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you for bearing through this message. And uh, hey, have a great day. Um, take care. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.